You know, sometimes I come in here and the pot's so serious that I can't even start off with a joke. Like, I can't even start off jovial. I can't start off having fun and hate. Like, the energy's not there sometimes. And I think that we have to ensure that any serious moments were serious. I think it's super important that we're serious so that those around us can feel the gravity of our words. Because believe it or not, our words are heavy. Some heavier than others, some lighter than others, but all of our words have weight and they matter so much. So I think it's important to make sure that we're careful with our words. We're researched with our words. We're well read. So that the words we use. They're not dead weight. You know, because reading. And research is fundamental. It's great to have an opinion. But it's even better to have your opinion backed in some fact, have your opinion back in a theory, a credible theory. To have your opinion, you know, recognized and taken seriously by those who agree with you. And even some of those who disagree with you. That's important. And it should be important. But in the hot take society that we live in, the 24-hour news cycle, the let me get a tweet out, let me get a post out, let me do an emergency podcast society that we live in, we like to respond to things without doing our homework. We like to respond without doing the necessary reading prior to our response. And sometimes our initial responses are wrong because we haven't done the homework on the front end to make sure we know what it is that we're talking about and why we feel the way that we feel. I can't tell you how to feel. I can't tell you how something should make you feel. But I can tell you that if you go do your homework on this stimulus, whatever it may be, it may change how you feel when you have that information. It's very easy to be upset when somebody you care about gets locked up. It's very easy to be a parent who's ready to go up to a school when your kid gets in trouble and go off on the teacher. It's very easy to get mad at your friend's significant other for mistreating them or leaving them when you don't know the whole story. What if your loved one committed a crime? Oh, well, lock them up. What if your child instigated an altercation? Oh, wow, you deserve to be in trouble. What if your friend was ignoring his or her loved one, cheated on his or her loved one, so he or she got left? Oh, wow. Research, more information, now shapes your feelings. Because we all have feelings, but you know what? Not everybody has the facts. And the more and more facts that we gather, the hope is that the closer and closer our feelings 
get to one another. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby, and I'm back. All right, man, so let's talk about it. What happened in Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization? That's what everyone's talking about. So in short, Roe v. Wade was overturned. But let's get to some of the whys in the house. Because I think it's important to talk about how we got here. So, in doing my research, the, the the legal question that I found was, is a law banning nearly all abortions at 15 weeks constitutional? Because essentially there was a Mississippi law that was passed that banned abortion after 15 weeks. So, the Supreme Court put into a position to where we got to make a decision based on precedent, based on facts, and honestly, based on ideology. Probably shouldn't be that way, but that's what it is. And obviously, everybody goes to Roe v. Wade first because that is the landmark case that gave, um, that gave a constitutional right to abortion. There's also a very important case that exists here as well. And Jesus Christ. And that case uh, is is Casey. And that was, and those are the two cases that kind of drive it. The Roe the Ro case and the Casey case. Excuse me. Parenthood versus Casey of 1992. And those kind of spell out the parameters in which abortion are constitutional. If you're not familiar with those cases, I challenge you to read up on them, get an understanding of them, because then I can paint a picture for you of what it is that we're dealing with and what we're going through. Now, I know a lot of us have strong opinions. I know a lot of us are hurt, but we really need to know what actually happened. So let's go to the background. For the first 185 years of this country, roughly, abortion was a state issue. There was nothing in in the Constitution, in state constitutions, or even in common law that directly spoke to abortion. The states handled it as they saw fit, and that was the accepted practice. Then we have the landmark case 19, in 1973, Roe versus Wade, where the court came and said and gave women the constitutional right to abortion under, under the, the given parameters, right? At that point, 30 states prohibited abortion. But after that, obviously, all 50 had to comply. So if you think about that, this is 1973. Um Think about your parents, think about your grandparents and their ages and how they are shaped by this and how they can think about that, right? And I want you to to, to remember that because this was only 50 years ago. 
So there are those who are raised to believe that abortion is wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, and it's not a thing, and those people are still living. And some of those people who are raised that raised that way are decision makers. Then you have the 1992 case that I just talked about, Planned Parenthood of Southeast Pennsylvania versus Casey, and it it, it brought into question the parameters in which abortion could occur. And there was a plurality opinion there and the court pretty much upheld that an abortion, the right to have an abortion established by the holding of Roe v. Wade, but it it changed the standard in which we analyzed the restrictions of that right um, and crafted the undue burden standard as a substitute. Undue burden standard, right? It's again, it's important to understand what these are. The undue burden standard is a constitutional test fashioned by the Supreme Court. This test first developed in the late 19th century. It's widely used in American constitutional law. In short, the undue burden standard states that a legislator cannot make a particular law that is too burdensome or restrictive of one's fundamental rights. So essentially what Planned Parenthood versus Casey did was said, hey, man, it solidified that abortion is a fundamental right and that you cannot place undue burdens on people who want to receive an abortion. It's all makes sense, right? Now, stay with me because I know we're doing a lot of background. But the background is important because the background is the information that we need in order to have an, an educated opinion on what's happened. All right. So then finally we get to the opinion. And unfortunately, everything has not been published. So you got to pull from excerpts. You got to pull from quotes. You got to pull from those who are in the know and their summary of what happened and the quotes that are there. Or you could have read the leaked opinion, which is pretty much on par with what came out. But there are, you know, some changes because I think this opinion was leaked on purpose so that the court could get an understanding of how people would respond and then also address some of those concerns. I don't know if that's something we should make a common practice of, but given this situation, there are things who, that bother me more, okay? So we have Justice Alito's opinion, right? That's the one we care about. That's the important one, right? And essentially, when I pull from his opinion, that was, you know, um, you have Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. They were all, uh, they were all on the same page. And that abortion is not deeply rooted in American law slash tradition, and because there's no pre-row precedent. So essentially that means this is not a constitutional issue. So we're going to pass this off to either Congress or the states. So by them rolling back Roe v. Wade, all they were doing was saying, hey, I know one court believed that this was our issue. 
this court believes that it's not our issue. So states, take it. In a vacuum, do I think this is the worst thing in the world? Absolutely not. Because it's the federal government saying, hey, we're going to allow the states to run themselves more. And we're going to take a step back. Now, what has some people up in arms are, you know, some more of the things that can happen here. And what precedent this could be setting by sending our country back 50 years. Now, Brett Kavanaugh, he had his own, he had his own opinion and he had a concurring opinion, but he was one important thing. I think we should pull out of his concurring opinion is that he does, he, he's against retroactively punishing uh, Planned Parenthood, abortion clinics, doctors who've, uh, who've given abortions retroactively. He's against that. Like can't punish those people because what they did was legal. It was constitutional in that state. And he's also against travel bans, which some States have talked about wanting to ban uh, their residents from leaving the state to go get an abortion. Now, chief justice, Chief Justice Roberts, now he's come under fire for not being able to control the court, not being able to get, uh, I guess, the conservatives kind of on the same page. And he had a concurring, he was concurrent in judgment, but his opinion was a little bit different. He felt that the law, the Mississippi law was constitutional by, you know, restricting, uh, abortion to inside the first 15 weeks but based on what i read and i understand this is not something that he supported he did not support overturning roe v wade and case and casey as well he just said hey in this particular case right here we're going to put this in a vacuum what the state of mississippi is trying to do is constitutional And I think if he was able to bring his conservative justices on the same side of him, I think he'd be okay. I think that the the abortion groups, Planned Parenthood, the pro-choicers, and the pro-lifers would take it and go, hey, you know what, this kind of makes sense. Uh, It may not be what the pro-lifers wanted, but knocking it down to 15 weeks instead of some places, 23 weeks. You know, I think that was the uh, accepted standard if my research serves me uh, correctly. But you go 15 weeks, okay, yeah, you knock off a few weeks. But he spoke to having a reasonable amount of time to make an informed decision. Makes sense. And then the dissenting opinions pretty much said, hey, this is not a vacuum decision. Overturning Roe v. Wade is not just overturning Roe v. Wade, which uh, Justice Alito said it's, it's, it's just about abortion. It's not about overturning any other rights. It's just abortion, saying it's not a constitutional issue. And the uh, the liberal justices say, no, 
this is just a step. This is the first step in stripping Americans of some of their other rights and sending us back to where we once were. Some would say MAGA. (laughs) We'll get to that a little bit later. So that's kind of the main gist of what happened here. But Clarence Thomas, he took it a step further with his concurring opinion. Because in his concurring opinion, he spoke to wanting to examine, re-examine substantive due process. What is substantive due process? Substantive due process is a principle in United States constitutional law that allows courts to establish and protect certain fundamental rights from government interference. Even if the procedural protections are present or the rights are unenumerated, not specifically mentioned, elsewhere in the United States Constitution. So that brings up, uh, you know, some... It brings up contraception for him. He he spoke about contraception, uh, same-sex marriage, um, sodomy, and he conveniently left out interracial marriage, which most would put in that same category um, because, you know, it's in the same of Hey, these are like personal body type things you got going on, uh, relationship based things that are probably not a government issue. So let's let's talk about it. Right. So if we put what Clarence Thomas is trying to end uh, his end goal in a vacuum, I'm not bothered by it. If he wants to say that these are not constitutional issues, so we should reexamine how we how the court ruled on these cases. Sure, but I also think those types of cases should arrive in the court before they're examined, because if they're not, then we should just stay with the precedent that we have there. And it's interesting that he left out interracial relationships because he's black, his wife's white, so uh, he's not trying to, you know, put himself in the fire. But again, if we're looking at this in a vacuum, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey... The court was wrong. Excuse me. No, 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 no. Let me take that back. If we put this in a vacuum and we say, hey, the way we looked at this in the past is not the proper way to look at it. And the way we look at it now is a much more informed, a much educated way. Then let's look. Let's go look at these things because it's about getting it right, not being right. But that's in a vacuum. Do I think that's what conservative Justice Clarence Thomas whose wife, Miss Guinea Pig Thomas, was a a major player in the January 6th events on the Capitol, do I think that's what he's actually going for? No, I don't. I don't at all. I do think that what he is looking to do is what the liberal justices are afraid of is to start a 
a path to stripping Americans of some of their rights. And unfortunately, those Americans are the have-nots. That's what I think. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe he's just conservative in his beliefs. And he's aiming to make the government smaller. And at times, I think we should have a smaller federal government. I think the states should be able to run themselves within, you know, the parameters that the federal government allows, but not having so much federal, federal, you know, oversight. But if his goal is to ban abortion, if his goal is to ban sodomy, if his goal is to ban contraceptives, if his goal is to, what's the other one I got on here? If his goal is to ban gay marriage, I got an issue with that because I, I, I say, why do you care? You know, as I sit around and play with this and we talk about the 14th Amendment and what the 14th Amendment means, you know, I go, are we infringing upon the 14th Amendment or is the 14th Amendment so unclear that it's hard? It's hard to really figure out what exactly it's speaking to. The 14th Amendment, all persons born or naturalized in the United States are subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are citizens of the United States and the United and of the United and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without the pursuit not due process of law, but what we've changed, you know, life, liberty, or property is like life, liberty, in a pursuit of happiness. And what the hell is the pursuit of happiness? I know Kid Cudi's on the pursuit of happiness, but what actually is the pursuit of happiness? Now, we can take the widely accepted belief that is the pursuit of happiness, and sure, we can go with that. But the problem with widely accepted things, once thing, once society changes and we push back on accepting those beliefs, what do we? How do we judge things? Right? You know, I always talk about judging situations in the context in which they happen because I think that paints more of the picture of the mind of the person who committed the act versus viewing it in the lens of today if the act was committed yesterday. Because every day is a new day. So if we're saying the pursuit of happiness, that means people should be allowed to marry who it is that they want to marry. They should be able to have whatever type of sex that they want to have so long as it's consensual. They should be able to put whatever means in place that they want to to control that sex to the type of sex they want it to be, whether it's sex for conception or sex for uh, for sensation, you know, they should be able to control that. And if they don't to that they should be able to go and get it fixed yeah i guess yeah for me yeah i don't i don't care what other people do 
And I don't think that it's a government issue. But my problem is, is that I think the court is operating in a vacuum. I think Clarence, Justice Clarence Thomas is thinking in a vacuum, or maybe he's not thinking in a vacuum. He's thinking with what could happen because he would actually like the states to enact those types of laws. And I go, no, no, I think that we should. And this is not based on what is in the Constitution, right? Now I'm getting into things that I think should happen. I think that we should be able to do whatever we want to do in our home with our partner that is consensual and the government be left the hell out of it. And what the, if that's meaning that we need an amendment or we need legal precedents to create that, then I'm all for it. Or if the court says this is none of our business, and then the state say this is none of our business, we still get the answer we need, right? That's what I think, but what do I know? I'm just a big baby. But nonetheless, we have the decision. Roe v. Wade is overturned. I need to stand up. I've been sitting here too long. So what do we do? What do we do? States are going to enact the laws that they want to. We've seen the different maps of states that are going to protect abortion and the states are going to outlaw abortion. You know, we've seen it. So what do we do? I think we have to take what's given to us and respond accordingly. So let's start. Let's hold our local, our state, and our national lawmakers accountable. If you want to see change, if you don't like the direction that your state is going in, be active. Write letters, send emails, show up, protest, uh, st- uh, get petitions signed, fundraise, do what you need to do in order to have your voice heard. Vote them out of office. That's a, a possibility too when the opportunity presents itself. Find candidates who support the ideals of the people in your area. Here's what's getting missed. People are upset with what the Supreme Court did. The Supreme Court did not outlaw abortion. We we, we need to stop repeating that. We need to educate ourselves better. The Supreme Court did not outlaw abortion. The Supreme Court said, that's the y'all's issue, not mine. Now, the states are going to try to outlaw abortion, and I think that's where the problem comes in because the state should be like, right, that's none of my business. That's none of my business. That's y'all's. Go ahead. Do what you do. But because the states aren't doing that, here's what Congress can do. Congress can pass an abortion act that protects abortion to whatever weak amount that they want to make it, whatever point of the pregnancy that they can get a vote and get it passed, 
And there's your answer. So ask your congressman, your congresswoman, or your senators, both of them, tell them to do their damn jobs and make a policy that reflects the needs of their constituents. Then convince their colleagues and their friends to vote on it, then put it on the president's desk and he can sign it, that bill in the law, and boom. Whoop, there it is. Now we have a law that protects abortion. But if we're not going to do that, if we're going to have people like Queen Maxine getting upset with the, with the Supreme Court, but not taking that energy into where she's working at, where she operates at, to try to create legislature that could change it, what are we doing here? I don't want to hear people who are in the position to enact change complain about about something that they can go they can go change. Right? So people who are outraged by this go make your voice heard. Do what it is that you need to do. Do your homework, find out how you can try to push forward change and do it. Another thing you can do, you can move to a state that protects it. If it's that serious of an issue for you, move. Back when the car factories was opening in Detroit, people moved up north for a better job. They was tired of working on the farms. When opportunities opened up in the west on the west coast, people moved out to California because it aligned with what the next step that they wanted in life. You know, some people who Grew up in one state, they moved to another state for college and then moved to another state for a job. Yeah, same thing. If the place that you're living is not supporting the lifestyle that you want to live, then move. Well, there's a lot of poor people who can't move. Life is tough for them. Yeah, I know. That's unfortunate, man. And and I don't have a better answer for you all because what we've seen in our political system is that Sucks to be poor. And this is not me being insensitive to poor people and their plight is saying, you know, you don't have the means to, you don't have the means to pick up and go like some others can. You may not even have the wherewithal to know what's going on because you're busy working a job, working two jobs, trying to make ends meet to support your lifestyle. And you don't have time to be well-read into politics and, and civics and government and what's going on. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. That's one of the big issues that we have, that so many people who are deeply affected by changes in policy and, and, and are shifting social structure don't have the time to consume the knowledge to be as informed as possible. And then they turn on their TV and all they're getting is debate television, whether it's Fox News, whether it's CNN, whether it's NMSNBC, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, whatever the case may be. They're getting inundated with a bunch of misinformation and opinions that they're consuming as facts because guess what? They ain't got time to fact check it. And now they're armed with misinformation, ready to fight a fight and not even knowing what they're fighting for. Or fighting about. Or who they fighting. I'm canceling my parents because they don't support this cause. What? They raised you. You sure that's the right answer? 
Maybe it's not having a conversation and learning something. But we all leave our homes for reasons at some point, and this can be a reason that you leave your home. You know, we, we, we see how the country is becoming more and more divided and more fractured, and maybe that's maybe that's the answer. We, we move into <laughs> echo chambers, and we all just sit there and yell at each other the things that we want to hear. Maybe that's the direction that our society is going in. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I'm also not in a place where I'm deeply affected by a lot of the changes that are happening. Some of them bother me personally, but they don't change my day to day yet. So right now I have opinions, but I'm not emotionally invested in a lot of the stuff that upsets people because it don't affect me. And I want to be transparent with you all. Because it doesn't affect me. At this point in my life, the changes to abortion do not affect me, given the state that I live in, the state of, well, Georgia, they tripping. But where I'm at in life and what I'm trying to do, it's it's not that for me. But be informed. Stop posting misinformation and and. and Let's seek some solutions because I've seen a lot of outrage. I've seen Pink say, don't listen to my music anymore. Okay. We haven't listened to it in years. Madonna's made statements. Celebrities all from here and there have made statements. All of y'all listening to this has probably made a post on Facebook, reposted something on your story on Instagram. Got it. You're frustrated, but what's next? What's next? How do you plan to take your feelings and, and, and turn those feelings into informed actions that can enact change. That's my question for you all, because feelings and posts aren't going to change much. But, you know, I, I have a question, though. I have a question. And, you know, we live in this this society that's getting further and further away from consequences for actions, because for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So what I haven't heard when people talked about, well, what about the poor people who can't go get abortions? What about those who, you know, didn't want to have a kid and it kind of happened. And for those people, I say, well, aren't those the consequences of having sex? You know, don't we learn in sex ed that there are risks that come with having sex? You could catch an STI. You can, uh, you know, have your life forever change, whether that's a disease or infection or that's a child. Aren't those some of the risks that come with the pleasure of sex? You know, nothing is all the way good. And maybe we should be more sexually responsible. Maybe as a culture, we should stop glamorizing sex. Maybe we should stop glamorizing sex with multiple partners. Maybe we should look at this whole sexual freedom that we're pushing and go, well, well, what is sex for? Huh? What is sex for? If we if we go down to the bare bones of it, it is to reproduce. If, if we had to sum up sex 
give it just one function, it would be to reproduce. Now, obviously, it has other functions. It's pleasure. It's a way of showing your, your, your feelings and emotions for someone you care about. Or maybe it's just a disease you have and, and you know, coming makes you feel good. I don't know. But maybe we should reframe the way we view sex. Maybe we should find pleasure in other places. Maybe we should show affection in other places. And I'm not saying that I'm actively applying these things. But maybe we should think about that. Or maybe we should think about, well, while we can, using contraceptives responsibly. Maybe we should think about pull out games strong. You know, maybe we should look at different ways about going about sex, ensuring that the person you're having sex with is somebody you're comfortable. You're comfortable having a child with. Maybe we should think about those things. And me asking those questions shouldn't be a problem. Like, it's, I, I, I'm not saying that that's the solution. But I think we should look at it because there are consequences that come with sex. You just can't have a good time and come and just call it a day. Say, hey, I came. We're good. With every good thing, there's something bad that can go wrong. That's why we enjoy it. That's why it's worth the risk, right? That's what I thought. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby. But let's talk about abortion. Let's talk about it. Because I want to know, you know, some people are against abortion. That's okay. Some people support choice in abortions. And that's okay. And those two groups of people can exist in a society and it'd be okay. And if those who are against it have the power to restrict it, they will. And if those who are for it have the power to enable it, they will. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with a person being pro-life. Just like there's nothing wrong with a person being pro-choice. And those two people shouldn't hate each other because they have a difference in opinion. They shouldn't. Now, if you're against exceptions, you know, incest, rape, serious threat of injury or death, Serious injury or death, you know. If you're against some of that stuff, I I have nothing for you. I have absolutely nothing for you. Because me, personally, I'm poor choice. Do what you want. Your body, your choice. But at the same time, if somebody says that it takes two to make a baby, so it takes two people to have a conversation, I, Jives, what did Dave Chappelle say? You have a right to abortion, and I have a right to be an act to be an absent father. That can be a conversation, right? I'm not saying that it's my stance, but it's a stance. It makes sense. If you can, if you can, if we can come together 
to conceive this thing and you can unilaterally say, hey, I don't want to do this. Can I unilaterally do the same thing? And for those of you who are upset, and those of you who are like, hey, so now we're putting women at increase, you know, we're, we're decreasing women's safety, incre- increases of home abortions happening. Yeah, it's going to happen. And that's not right, which is why I'm pro-choice. Like, man, the abortion clinic don't affect Anybody who's not going there, I promise you, it doesn't change your day. Now, fundamentally, in your heart, you can believe that's wrong because of whether it's your religion, whether you just think that people should be held responsible for their actions, and that, that, that's you. You can do that. But I also want us to properly, properly, properly aim our anger at the right people, you know? Because if you're mad at the old white men, for making decisions on women's body. Get them out of office. If you're mad at the old white men for making decisions on women's bodies, be mad at the white women who elected Donald Trump, which opened the door for these justices to be seated in order to get this opinion. Be upset with that. You know, also be upset with the women who are pro-life. I looked at a 2018 Gallup poll that said 33% of women are pro-life. I looked at another poll that said 60% of women agree that abortion should be legal under certain circumstances or totally illegal. Into that 67% of men. So, hey, yeah, men are more pro-abortion than women, probably because they be cheating on their wives and they don't want to be stuck with the kids. But make sure you're directing your anger at the right people and you're not just simplifying it to this one small group of people who it's very convenient to be angry at. And don't get me wrong, I'm not here to defend old white men because old white men make a lot of decisions for a lot of us but that's the nature of living in a highly civilized society you know what you live in a high functioning society there are going to be people who are going to make laws for about you and they're not going to identify with you demographically uh ethnically uh uh, financially they're going to be different different religions all of that stuff but when you get mad about the people, the lawmakers, you got to understand that it's on you to elect your lawmakers. I never want to get away from personal accountability when we talk about these topics, because there is a level of personal accountability that we all have to bear when we see society look the way uh, and we don't like it. It's our society. So it's upon us to create the society that we like and we want to see. And some could say that this is exactly what is happening. The great replacement theory, a theory that speaks to minorities are coming to 
non-white people are coming to white countries and they're trying to become the majority and the and, and make the whites the minorities in their own countries. Essentially, that's the great replacement theory. If you want me, if you want to, you let me give you a definition. Also known as great replacement theory, also known as replacement theory or great replacement theory is a white nationalist far-right conspiracy theory disseminated by French author Renaud Kamas. The original theory states that with the complicity or cooperation of replacist elites, white European populations are being demographically and culturally replaced with non-white people, especially from Muslim-majority countries, through mass migration, demographic growth, and a drop in the birth rate of white Europeans. So some are saying we're passing these anti-abortion laws to make sure that white women are having babies. Some are saying we have these white nationals going and killing people to make sure that there are more white people and less people of color on the world. Some are saying that. I'm not saying that. But, you, you know, it makes you think. It makes you think that, oh, shit, the world doesn't look the way that we want it to look anymore. And we're going to take action against those people who are changing our paradigm. I didn't want this paradigm to shift. You know, when MAGA popped up. I don't even know if the biggest proponent of MAGA, the face of MAGA, believed in MAGA, but it sure gave him the opportunity to retain power or to even grab more power. And those that are behind the scenes who are going to continue to push him, push him, push him, push him, push it and push MAGA, they go, oh, yeah, you know what? This is giving the power back to us. We feel more empowered to do the things that we want to do because we're going to make America great again. I ain't know it was that bad. I thought it was getting better. I thought we were on a track to making America great for all Americans. But if you subscribe to this great replacement theory, then you're like, oh, shit, it's getting tough over here in America. This is supposed to be the white man's country. <laughs> we are not the majority. The minorities are the majority. But lucky for them is that all the minorities ain't on the same page. And see, left side of the house, you had the opportunity to to really engulf yourself and, and and involve yourself with your minorities properly. But instead, you decided to take minorities for granted and be so woke and and educated and uh, enlightened that you forgot the plight of the people who you represent. You're telling the Latinxes that they Latinx. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm Latino. I'm Latina. I ain't no Latinx. I don't identify that way. And stop telling me what the hell I am. I'm not Eminem. I'm not whoever you say I am. I am who I am. Hell. But the great replacement theory, and it's starting to show that maybe there's some legs to this because, again, we saw what happened in Buffalo. Then you see some of the stuff coming out of Texas. You know, you see, hell, you see some of the stuff coming from the Supreme Court now allowing uh, public funding to go to private schools. Like, excuse me, say what? It's a public private school for a reason because they don't want to meet the marks of. Okay, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. But yeah, in Texas, you're seeing that no gun control. We don't want no gun control because y'all know what gun control Gun control only only exists because of black folks now. Y'all remember that. 
Like New York, everybody mad about what's happening. New York, the Supreme Court gives guns more rights than than, than people, than, than babies, and fetuses. No, no. What's happening is New York was allowing folks up up in upstate, the country folks, to get concealed carry permits, but they weren't letting folks in the city get concealed carry permits because they ain't want us carrying guns. That's what that's all about. Okay, make sure you know what you know now. So Texas is now trying to allow its students to go to whatever school you go to, private, public, charter, whatever the case may be, magnet, your parents' tax dollars follow. You know what that means, right? Rich people going to send their kids to the same schools, and they're going to place them geographically where poor people can't get their kids there, and the money that was once in these urban centers where rich people lived and worked those tax dollars will no longer go to fund the school in the area. And then the school's going to get more run down and more run down and, and worse and worse and worse. And the only ones who are going to get out are those athletes that they want, who they're going to bus out there. And they're going to take their parents' tax dollars and use them. And then for our middle class and upper middle class and our, and our, and our uh, rich black folks, Going to go to the good schools because they want what's best for their kids. And now it's going to just suck, suck more and more money out of communities that black and brown poor people are living in. I mean, hell, you saw the one Texas congressman talking about, let's look at repealing uh, Plessy v. Plessy v. Ferguson, which is separate but equal. Let's look at repealing Brown versus Board of Education, which caused us to integrate schools. Like, oh, let's let's take it all back. And if that's what they want to do, let them do it. Hell, because they may have the great replacement theory, but I have the great escape theory. Now, all these years we've been begging, Mr. White Man, Mr. White Man, let me come in your house and redecorate. I'm going to pay let me come in and redecorate, show you how you your house should look if you want me to be here. And time and time again, it's you can come, but the rest of y'all can't come. And that don't sit right with most of us. So let's start the great escape. Let's pick a state. Let's pick a city. And make it ours. We talk about R.I.P. to Black Wall Street. Well, let's build it. We say R.I.P. to the Negro Leagues. Let's build it. We say we don't like the way they treat us in the NFL, the NBA. They let them fight NHL and Major League Baseball because it ain't much of us there. But if God forbid uh, 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 you have a, 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 a argument a basketball game that go too long, you get charged fifty thousand dollars for for what? Let's leave. Jay Z. They didn't let you buy the. They didn't let you in to buy the Broncos. Uh, the other rich man who, who who wrote off all that money at Morehouse. They didn't let him in to buy the Broncos. They they went to Sam's Sam's choice, Walmart. That's that was their choice, and that's gonna continue to be their choice. They haven't let us own a team yet. So you know what? Let's start our own league. Let's start our own community. Let's start our own society. You know, we talk about how bad things were during the days of segregation, which they were. We got treated like shit. Now I ain't gonna throw that out. But we had our own businesses. We owned. We owned. We had what was ours. And if we're going to give 
the great replacement theory is going to be what some are uh, 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 trying to live by and trying to make that mainstream going from conspiracy theory to practice theory in America. If that's the case, let's, let's escape. We can stay here. I ain't saying we just pick up and just leave the country, but we take our resources, our infrastructure and our networks. And we work internally. We rebuild Black Wall Street. We rebuild Motown. You understand what I'm saying? Jay-Z, Kanye, LeBron, MJ. Y'all got the means and y'all got the relationship. All you got to do is get the people on board. And then now you can just leverage them outside relationships. And now it's more like a partnership. It's like, oh, oh, you want KD to play? Yeah, that whole CBA thing you got over there, nah, it's not how, nah, we don't even want that. I need ownership. Yeah, I need 15% state. You want me to come play for you? I, I, nah, I need that. I mean, because if you look at the demographics of the leagues, if you, the product can be recreated, and then you can bring the leverage your way. And then what happens is, Instead of a great replacement and a great escape, you have the great unifier. But now you're meeting on a level playing field. You're meeting as peers because you've shown them the worth that you have. You've also showed them that you will walk away at any point in time if the business don't make sense. But you've also proved to yourself you can do it on your own. You don't need to. And they're going to treat you right. But we can't do that if we don't escape, create our own communities, create our own economy, create our own infrastructure, and stand on our own and stop paying people to go to their house and tell them how their house is supposed to look. So yes, we can be upset. Yes, we can be outraged. But we got to take our feelings, find facts, and turn that into change. Because being upset, being emotionally invested, just going on a rant, or just being mad at this person, that person, but you don't, not really mad at the right person. If you have the chance to make the change, but you're so consumed in your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings that you're not taking actions towards making change, then we'll be back here again. But it won't be abortion. It might be contraception. You know what I'm saying? It might be a, a gay marriage. It might be interracial marriage. Who knows what it could be? It could be just integration, period. Segregation could become legal in states. They could try to make slavery legal in states. Who who knows? I don't think it'll get so bad as slavery. But, I mean, we got soft segregation as we speak. It's getting worse and worse and worse. But if we don't do anything to change it, if we don't build up ourselves... Nothing will change. Reading's fundamental. Research is fundamental. 
Action is fundamental. Hold the right people accountable. And if that doesn't work, got to move to Detroit, work in that factory because you don't want to be a sharecropper no more. Got to move out to California, chase your dreams because you don't want to be a sharecropper no more. You got to leave mama house, spread your wings because you want to grow up. You want to be an adult. You want to be that bird. You want to be the eagle that soars above the clouds. But you can't do that from your safe space. You can't do that from home. You can't do that being comfortable. Everyone seeks comfort. But you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because change hurts. Change hurts. Change isn't convenient. Think about it. Having a bunch of change in your pocket, that shit ain't convenient. When you got to use it, count it out. But if you want change to happen, you got to be willing to take the time and count it out to get the dollars to make the sense. (laughs) Got to. Got to be willing to move. You got to be willing to protest. You got to be willing to write letters. You got to be willing to run. You've got to be willing to be the one. And if you can't be that one. Be right back here next year. Big baby out.